Hello and welcome to Flowing Into Awareness. I'm Christina Suzuma, and with me is our beautiful Master Intuitive, Anatara. And we're so lucky to be together side by side today, Anatara. It is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a delicious and wonderful miracle. Yes, we are here on the beaches of uh, Akumal in the Cancun area. Yes. And we have been doing uh, some travels together, downloading as fast as we can during this wonderful time of Mercury being in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so interesting. I feel that the, the interiorness that one can achieve during a Mercury retrograde is completely supportive of finding the things from the past and some of the other things that I've been able to access and bringing it, bringing it here you're bringing it now so it's all, always as in everything is perfect mm, yes <laughs> divine timing as they call it <laughs> absolutely uh, I was here 17 years ago and when I was here I was sort of inundated in a, in a wonderful way with so much so many sensory um ideas, well, ideas that came to me through, through my sense perceptions, but also through the, the other ways that I intuit and, and know and feel things. And the last time I was here, I learned many things about how the, the sort of the energies of transmission have worked here throughout mm. the years with the Mayans and with whatever other sort of uh, spiritual beings existed here. And, and I saw and felt many of their modes and their means of communication. Uh, one of them, one of the most interesting being that I was sitting on the top of the, the pyramid at Koba, one of the, one of the ancient ruins. And as I was sitting in meditation, I, I could see a ball of light. It felt like it was being tossed at oh. me. It felt like it was being thrown to me. And I realized that within that blue ball of light there was information. There was information about daily events within the, within the, the vaster communities. There was spiritual information. There was teaching. And, and I was invited in that experience to put my own, my own message in a ball of light mm. and toss it <laughs> through the atmosphere to, a, to another point where it, it felt that it was being picked up and perceived by a shaman, you know, a shaman from another time. Mm. The other most profound sort of daily experience that happened to me then was that when I sat in meditation with my eyes closed, I would feel from, from somewhere that there was a message coming to me. And when I opened my eyes to hear what it was, it was always an iguana holding the information, holding the information for, you know, thousands of years yes. and then delivering it to me. So I saw through those, those events and those experiences, you know, vignettes of history, vignettes of movement, mm. vignettes of opening, uh, vignettes of, of hearing how the spirituality of the Mayans, and I use that word fairly lightly because I don't want to, to step on anyone's beliefs or understanding about how they really do communicate with each other or who they are, but it felt like it was the, it was the, it, it was the, the detail of who they were and what they were, obviously being translated into, into the now. Uh, and and so, w when we were here before, we traveled to different of the of the ancient ruins. And at Chichen Itza, as soon as I stepped onto the grounds, actually as soon as I came close to the grounds, I could feel well, I could feel many things. But it was the it was what they call the sacred cenote that drew me in more than anything. Mm. And and when when I got there, from a from a fairly detached and non affected way. In other words, I wasn't I wasn't taken by the emotion of what I was viewing. 
I saw many sacrifices, I mean, the, the, the killing of people, the sacrificing of people on their sacred days, the, the bodies then being tossed into the cenote. Mm -hmm. I, saw, I saw gems and other very precious things being granted to the waters, the sacred um, healing waters, magical waters, to receive the wishes and the desires of the, of the, the penitents in a way bringing what they needed there to, to be cured, to be healed, to be honored. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember at the time, it, 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 was, it was a swirl. It was an unending um, story. From, and I could tell from many, many generations of what had gone on in that site. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I was directed at the time to myself give an offering of, of you know, not, not any great substance, but to give an offering that would mean that I was again connected with those holy, holy and sacred waters, to be a part of what was, what was expected there traditionally. Yeah. So it was stepping into tr tradition at that point. And, and I could see that I, at that point, I knew that I had been sacrificed there as a, as a young female, I had been sacrificed there. But the detail then wasn't necessarily as important as just knowing and understanding the feel of what went on. The connection. Exactly. So this week when we went there, uh, we, you know, we went on a tour and I, and I was, I heard a lot of the detail of the traditions of the, of what happened in, you know, at the site. But again, knowing that I was being drawn to the cenote, yes. it was very, very vital that, that I do go there, you know, meditate with the space and feel what was there. So the very first thing that I felt was, was sadness. There was still sadness. Um, not not sorrow, I would say, as much as sadness. And, and what that told me was that the people, that it, was, it was mostly, I was picking up on the senses of, the, of those who, who had had to let their, their relatives go through sacrifice to the waters. Mm -hmm. And not because it was chosen by anyone, but because it was expected. In, yes. in the way, the, the, way the, the, the society was, you were chosen. Sometimes you knew that you were going to be sacrificed and sometimes you didn't. But I felt the sadness of the of the families that had had to let go of their loved ones. And, and so the first thing I did was offer to that feeling, to that, to that light sadness, um, a release to, to help the, the lingering sadness to know that it didn't have to be there, that it didn't have to exist and that no one needed to hold on to it, that the, that the ethers didn't need to hold on to it, that the site didn't need to hold on to it. And, and once that lifted, mm. I was able to see what actually happened, occurred for me. And I was a twin, I was a twin a girl, two, two of us uh, little girls, probably at the age five or six. And we knew from, from the time that we could understand, uh, you know, from, it was told, it was explained to us that we at a certain age would be sacrificed. Mm. That in this, because of our family status, we were important, we were twins, we, we needed to be let go of, you know, into the waters. And both, both of us together, not just one of us, but both of us. And it wasn't a fearful thing. We weren't frightened of the idea because it was so, it was sanctified. It was, mm. it was something that was beautiful, but I always could sense that my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, and, and my father to a certain extent were, were anticipating the sadness. Mm. They were anticipating the honor, but they were also anticipating the sadness. And, and I learned something very, very interesting about myself. I have always been terrified, literally terrified, a panic a sort of terror about being in fresh water with seaweed, mm. <laughs> being in dark seaweed-like water or lakeweed-type water. When I'm in the ocean, I have no fear of all, at all of the seaweed. But in a lake where I can't see it, where I yes. don't know what's below me, I am petrified. So 
in this lifetime, I wasn't afraid of the sacrifice. I wasn't afraid of giving over my life. I wasn't even afraid of what, that, what it might feel like. Yeah. I was afraid of what would happen to my body once it was given to the water. Yeah. <laughs> so that nice. I, I, I'm eager to see what I'm like the next time I go into <laughs> the fresh water to see whether anything has changed or lifted. And I think I'll stay with that and work on it a little bit more. So, so in this particular experience, my sister and I were sacrificed. Um, we, we were uh, let to bleed. And I remember it being a very peaceful and blissful experience because, because I had no fear and because I believed fully in the, I, I, you know, I'll say the priest who was, who was, I want to say committing the act, uh, but I believed in it. And therefore what I was giving was, was a continuity. What I was giving was, was part of the flow. Mm -hmm. It was, it was okay to me because I believed it to be okay. And what I, what I understood instantly in that experience of the moment of the sacrifice was that by, you know, severing the head, by cutting off the mind from the heart, that there truly was a way through that to, to live through intuition to live through what the mm-hmm. heart dictated. So even it's so even though it's a barbaric custom and wasn't really necessary that it it helped and it aided in at least the the understanding of this soul of my spirit that the head was not important for what the heart needed That's right. and wanted. <clears throat> yes. And, and so clear. so I really saw that that is what the the Mayan sort of existence now the mind being beingness now wants us to understand mm-hmm. that sacrifice is not required that it never really was required and that it was of course um corrupted by the idea of power but that the 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 icon the idea the message is that the head is not important Mm -hmm. what the mind thinks is not important what the heart can intuit with or without the mind as an as an interpreter is what matters Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. when i really understood that i felt the sadness shift i felt the sadness lift and and I thought it it was a sense of this is this is as it is meant to be this is as it always could be this is what everyone was after this is what this is what we wanted so uh, and since then I've had glimpses of that lifetime my sister and I running through the running through the you know the the ruins running through the jungle diving in and out of cenotes we had a phenomenal life until that time Mm -hmm. and and there is absolutely no regret anywhere within me about how that played out. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Very beautiful. <laughs> Just to let you all know, a cenote is like a natural well. Mm-hmm. And they supposedly have, didn't they say 3,000 of those? Yes. All around this area, all around, uh, throughout Cancun, throughout this part of Mexico. And uh, they're absolutely magnificent. I mean, they go down very, very deep. And it's it, all natural spring water, supposedly. And they do believe that underground is, they're all connected underground. They are connected and you can feel it. I, mean, I can yes. feel it. When I look into those waters, I know that it's, that it's, it's moving everywhere. That mm-hmm. There is no disconnection. And part of, a part of my experience this time was knowing that the waters of this cenote, cenote connected to the waters of the ocean, connected to all of the oceans of the world, connected to all the great bodies of water. Mm. And, and in that way, the shift yes. that can occur is, is universal. It's, it's earthwide. <laughs> the resonance. Exactly. The resonance is exactly. very powerful, very powerful. I mean, there's so many uh, centers on this planet that, that have, mm-hmm. they're almost like the pillars mm-hmm. for this planet mm-hmm. that um, connect all those strings of energy. It's like the World Wide mm-hmm. Web, really, when you think of it. It's like the Internet. It's like it the is. World Wide Web. 
which it's it's almost like you might as well put the World Wide Web right on top of what they were teaching on way as, back yeah, then. onto the original template. Yes, and you know that is exactly how I feel about the World Wide Web. Even when I'm frustrated with it sometimes because I can't <laughs> there's a block out there in cyberspace. But but it's it's true. I mean, what you were saying about them throwing the balls of energy from mm. from one temple to the next is really that that intuitiveness and the power of the human being, the power that we that each of us carry. And but we just choose not to connect. Well, we, we haven't ever been given, I say this all the time, don't yes. I? We've never been given the opportunity to see how to connect. We've yes. never, it hasn't been normal to us to believe in that. Right, right. It's lovely. I mean, we, we can go on and on, but you know, <laughs> we, we, we do know that we're kind of limited on time. We're going to complete this and we're going to continue on the next. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anatara. Oh, it, it is so beautiful to um, be here with you. Thank you. One of the one of the, our favorite Mayan sayings, and I probably will botch it up a bit, is in lachech. I I am another yourself. It's you know it comes back to that word namaste. It does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. See, it's all connected from <laughs> centuries and centuries ago. Thank you all for joining us today for flowing into awareness. I'm Christina Suzuma, and with me is our beautiful Master Intuitive Anatara here in Cancun area, Mexico, and uh, we will be back with more. Please uh, contact us. We'd love to know your comments, your suggestions, and just scroll down to the bottom of uh, the screen and you'll have a comment box. We'll be sure to reply. Or if you're listening to this as a podcast, give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK and be sure to leave your name and contact information and we'll get right back to you. Um, also, join us for our weekly Magical Medical Tour on Tuesdays, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life, and a whole slew of new shows that are coming this year. Thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to spending time with you next time. 